0: Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. If you're ready to study the Word of God,
1: say amen. 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 Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Get out your sermon notes and obviously your Bibles. And uh, I'm going to read this portion of Scripture out of Colossians chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to point out a couple things for you, and then at the very end we'll come back to it. Um, So we're going to go on a little bit of a journey this morning. Colossians chapter 3, this is Paul. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Colossae. And, and I want you to put New Song's name in there. A, a, in fact, he's writing this to a church, and it's in the Word of God. So he's writing this to us. We are a church, a body of believers, and we're going we're to read it accordingly. Therefore, New Song, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has, has a grievance against someone else, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms. and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I'm going to give you a background of what's happening here. And and really the heart, as you read this portion of Scripture, the heart of of Paul as he's writing this. And I, I want you to to hear it as, as you would from him, okay? Because sometimes we just read words in the Bible, and we forget the attitude of the heart that's behind what's written in the word of God. And, and if, if I were Paul here today, in fact, I, I would, I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that Paul says in this portion of scripture and prayerfully you, hopefully do, you do too. And it would be like Paul sitting here to you day, today and saying, hey, new song, new song, new song. You've got to love each other. And you've got to be devoted to one another. And, hey, never, never push your, your preference before you push God's purpose. Be devoted to one another. Some of you might deal with pride, be humble. And some of you might be selfish, but come on, everybody. We're, we're called to sacrifice here, called to be patient and gentle and kind. I want you to be devoted to one another. I want you to serve one another. I want you, in fact, to look for opportunities to serve. And truly love each other. Don't just fake it, but really love each other. By the way, that's going to cost you something. If you really love each other, you're going to have to sacrifice for one. Boy, is it worth it. Because we'll be living for the glory of God. Do 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 you see Paul's heart? You see what he's trying to convey? He's trying to say, hey, guys, 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 this church thing, this thing that we call church, this family that we have, it's really, really important. Like God has called us to something special. New song, every single time that we gather here on a Sunday morning, you've got to know that God has called us to something special. He's called you to do something special for the glory of his name. He's called you to love, listen, New song, he's called you to love in a way that the world doesn't know how to love. They don't know how to love the way that God is calling us to love. They they don't understand the depth of the love that we're supposed to have for one another. And I'm gonna prove that to you today in scripture. And then finally he says, listen, listen, all all of it has to be done for the glory of the Lord, for the glory of his name, because we all love Jesus together. If if I could say anything, as I was reading that portion of scripture and saying, "Hey, hey, God, what, what would you have me teach? What, how do you want me to convey this word to New Song? This is the thing that God just, just immediately put in my heart, and it's so simple, and yet it's so powerful. And I guarantee you, if churches across America, Bible-believing churches did this across America, uh, America would be turned upside down. I promise you that. Number one, write this down. God designed families, church families, God designed families to stick together. He caused families to, to stick together. Now, uh, um, let me say it like this. Nobody in this room has the perfect family, okay? I know you fake it on on Facebook and Instagram. You fake it like you do, right? You take all these pictures and, oh, look at my family. Like, best day ever. And you're thinking, really? Because, come on, it's not all that perfect. You know that your family sometimes is messed up. And in fact, all of, us, all of us have a family member that we think, whoa, they're just whacked, man, they're just not right. And, and if you're sitting here thinking, no, I don't have a family member like that, it's you, okay? <laughs> if you don't know who it is in your family, it must be you. Because how many know what I'm talking about? Every family member has a wacko. Like every family member has somebody like, oh, just, you know. And, and, and actually, some of it is funny wacko stuff, and then some of it's not so funny, right? Some of us have a family member that's not, that, that causes a lot of pain, that causes a lot of hurt. They wound people over and over and over again. And you know, the tensions can rise. and I, I, I was thinking about my own family. I have a great family. I'm telling you, just a great family. I love my family, but we're not perfect. We're not, but, but one thing about us as a family, we always stick together. Like always stick together. I don't always agree with my family, but I'm always with them. I'm always praying for them. I'm always having fun with them. I'm always getting together with them. If if we get together as a family and one of our family members isn't there, it just doesn't feel right. Like, we want to have everybody there because families, I mean, no, families stick together even if you got weird people in your family, right? It's the way that God made you. He wants you to stick together as a family. And as a body of believers, we are a church family. In fact, if you've noticed, for the last year or two, never knowing that I was going to preach this sermon, There's hardly ever a week that goes by that I don't call you my family because you are. And families stick together. Families stick together. Why? What's the driving force of that? Well, it's got to be love. It's something in the side that says, we love each other. Like I don't always, I don't, listen everybody, I don't always have to agree with my brother in order to love them. In fact, I'll tell you, I don't always agree with my brother. And he doesn't always agree with me but we love each other. And, and if he says, hey, Justin, I need your help today. I'm doing such and such. Guess what Justin's going to say? Hey, I'll be right there. Why? Because family sticks together. Family just sticks together. And, and Paul is saying, listen, if you find yourself within a body of believers, it's a special body of believers. He said, you got to stick together. You, you got you to Drop those things that, that would pull you apart from the family or, 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 or tear you apart from your family. You gotta drop those things and just choose to love each other. Just choose to, to care for each other. You gotta sometimes, everybody, you gotta drop your preferences in order to embrace a purpose. Let, let me say it this way. <laughs> it's one, you know, one of the things that my wife and I discovered a long time ago, we decided to do a family vacation with, uh, with my mom and dad. And then my brother and his wife, Richard and Holly, and they have four kids. And then, of course, my wife and I have four kids, although this time it might have just been three. I don't know if we had Delight then yet. I don't know if they had Faith, They're our two youngest girls. But we had multiple kids there. And we decided to go uh, to Branson, Missouri for a few days and stay in a... In a in a, a little A-frame cottage, you know, that are all around. If you've ever been to Branson, you can always rent these little A-frame cottages. And we decided to do that. And it was right on the lake. And we thought, this is going to be a great vacation. This is going to be wonderful. Until you get up in the morning and somebody asks the question, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? Well, as a family, you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. What do you want to do? And you know what you want to do But you don't want to be the one to control what you do that day. You don't want to be the control freak, right? And so you you, you try to discuss, well, what are we going to do today? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. I thought maybe we could do this. And somebody says, maybe, yeah, we could do that. But the way they say it, you're like, okay, well, obviously they don't want to do that. But you don't want to step on their toes. And then half the days goes by, and then you're having lunch. And it's like, well, what are we going to do today? Well, apparently we're just going to stay around here because nobody wants to choose, right? Because we, we we don't. It's like in those moments you don't want to you don't want to insert your preferences. You don't want to be the control freak that everybody has to do what you want to do. Because then at the end of vacation, everybody's pointing their finger. Well, he decided everything. Or she decided. Everything. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and see, so so yet the the purpose of that vacation is to have fun together as a family. But have you ever noticed when in those situations it's like. Well, if somebody just would have chosen, we have already would have been having fun somewhere, but instead, we're eating turkey sandwiches here in the cottage because we can't decide what to do. <laughs> Am I the only one that's ever experienced that on vacation? Because, So you're excited that the purpose is, have, I'm going to have fun with my family. And by the way, on that same vacation, we had to pull over multiple times because if you drive, we were driving from Oklahoma to, to Branson, which is not very far from, from seeing family to Branson. We decided to go through Arkansas. Well, Arkansas has all of these ups and downs and overs and arounds, and, and all of our kids were like, oh, you know, like, Dad, pull over. And li- literally, we're pulling over to let our kids puke. It was wonderful. And uh, that's, I tell you, it's a vacation we still remember, though. I guarantee you that. Uh, one time, I had a, my best friend, he, he and his wife went to Branson on vacation and went down on those roads, and one of his children had to, you know, regurgitate. So he says, he, he says well, you know, I'm not pulling over. I'm not pulling over. And, and the kid's like, Dad, Dad, I got to. So he said, well, roll down the window and do that. So the kid did. He rolled down the window in, in order to, you know. And in their minivan, the back window was open. And there's this thing called suction, everybody. that It went out, but it came right back in. <laughs> it covered the entire inside. I don't know why I'm telling you that. That is not in my notes today. That's a great story right there. I mean, that's a, that's a, I can tell you loads of those stories, family vacations, aren't they a riot? But, but when you go together as a big family, the purpose is to have fun. But in order to have fun, a lot of times you have to drop your preferences in order to accomplish. Like somebody says, hey, do you want to do this They Oh, I, Oh, my stomach can't handle that. Or, you know, I'm not much for the water. You know, I get sunburned really easily. Or, no, that park is going to wear me out. Or, no, we don't really have the the money for that. So the purpose is to have fun. But because of of preferences, sometimes those preferences interrupt the purpose if you're vacationing as a family. And and Paul is saying this to the church. He's saying, hey, hey, listen, I get it. I get it. I know there's a bunch of people with a a dozen personalities, uh, you know, in this room. And a lot of them are strong personalities. In fact, maybe even hundreds of personalities and hundreds difference of, of opinions and hundreds of preferences. And what I'm asking of you today is clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and bear with each other. Like, like could, could we, every time we get together, could we just drop our preferences for a greater purpose? Could, could, could we just get together and live the life that Christ wants us to live. And yeah, by the way, it's going to take sacrifice from everybody. You're all going to have to give up something. But in the end, you're going to serve the purposes of Christ. You're going to live for the glory of Christ. At the end, you'll look back and say, you know what? That was a great vacation. In the end, you'll look back and say, wow, look what God has done in New Song. Can I tell you, everybody, the excitement, the joy of being part of a life-giving church right here at New Song, a church that's healthy, a church that's growing, that's vibrant, and and what's amazing about it, everybody, is that not, and this is the thing, and I'm bragging on you right here, that we have so many people in this room, and we don't all agree. We don't all agree. Like, can I tell you something? There's some things about New Song that I don't like, and I'm its pastor. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. There's some things that, that if I had my rather's I would change. But but I know oftentimes that that uh, what what is is happening is for the greater good. That that just because it's not in my personality to like that doesn't mean it's not accomplishing something great for the glory of God or having a purpose in the church. How many know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes you got to drop your preferences for the purpose. What if what if what if what if everybody? What if every single Bible-believing church in our nation, if every single member of every single Bible-believing church in our nation went to church this morning, not with preferences on their mind, but with purpose on their mind? What What if every single one of them went to church not in order to complain, but in order to serve? What if churches all across all across America, who usually go to church like this, saying, Feed me, feed me, feed me. What if every single Bible believing Christian went to church and took this bib off and they put it over their arm and said, No, no, I'm not here to eat, I'm here to serve. You see what I'm saying? And yet churches all across America are filled with people, and I'm so proud, new song, that this isn't you. I am so proud of you. But churches all across America are filled with people that enter into the church with bibs on saying, you better feed me and I better enjoy it. And if I don't, you'll hear about it later. Is that, according to Colossians three, let me ask you a question. Is that the heart of God? I'm just say it out loud. Is that the heart of God? Yes or no? Okay, it's not the heart of God. So why why do we then feel that it's okay? And I'm not saying you, but just Christians in general. Because he's writing this to a church. Just churches in general. Why do they feel like, well, I'm gonna you know, I I was part of a church. And I'm gonna watch my words here. I'm not gonna tell you where it was or anything like that, because people listen to podcasts. But I was surrounded with a lot of people at one location that had a lot of opinions. They had tons of opinions. And that's okay. Everybody has an opinion. I have opinions too. the problem was they would not leave a conversation until their opinion was heard. And and they, how, how do I say this? They pushed their opinion like nobody's business. And the problem with that is it creates disunity in, in a church. It, it creates tension. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. And the problem with that was they thought their preferences were more important than their purpose. They thought their preferences was more they thought their preferences were more important than the purpose that God had placed on that church. And by the way that church did not do very well for a while because of that. And I'm so glad new song. I'm so proud of you that you're not letting preferences get in the way of purpose. And we're accomplishing something great for God. In fact, everybody, just two weeks ago, we were able to baptize 16 people. And that was our third baptism service of the year, everybody, just baptizing 16 people. And did you notice, everybody, how many adults, they had these incredible testimonies, if you were there, these incredible testimonies of, this is what's happened in my life, and this is who I used to be, but this is who I am now. And, and, and you in those moments, everybody that's there watching is always smiling. If you look around, everybody's like, yeah yeah, why? Because they realize this is the purpose. This is why we do what we do. This is what is a good day. When you get to baptize somebody who's come to faith in Jesus, when you get to see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when you look around and say, whoa, that's a good day, that's a good day, because we're living out the purposes of God. See, see, what's this, what's this, what's this? When somebody is pushing their preference, are they smiling? Come on, everybody. When somebody is pushing their preference, did they have a smile on their face? They're like, hey, I really think. Oh, but when you see them pushing the purposes of God and the purpose of God comes about, all of a sudden everybody's smiling. You see that? Because we get our eyes off ourselves and get it on to others. You know what's cool about New Song? You know what's great about you guys? I get, I get to see... Uh, I, I get to see some things that you you guys don't get to see just by virtue of me sitting here and you're out, out there. And I I know the stories of people, and I know, I know the times that there have been um, spouses, for instance, attending New Song sometimes for years. Some, and in fact, we still have some spouses that that have been attending New Song for eight or ten years. I saw some this morning at the first service. They've been here for eight or ten years. I don't know if they're a Christian or not. But they they come out of out of request from their other spouse. The spouse says, hey, would you just do one thing? Would you just come to church with me? And I say, well, yeah, I don't really believe, but yeah, I'll come. And they come every every week. And that's cool that, that, that they allow themselves to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm so proud of them just for that. But there, there are times where I, I have known people who were not believers. They were just coming out of duty to their spouse because their spouse requested it. And they come for five months, maybe even a year, maybe even two years, and all of a sudden on that one day, and it's nothing special about that day. It's not like Easter Sunday or Christmas Sunday. It's just one of the ordinary Sundays that 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 are but God does extra how many know God does extraordinary things on very ordinary days, right? Like blind Bartimaeus, it was just an ordinary day, but, but Jesus did the extraordinary on a very ordinary day. And so I've seen people who've been attending here for a long time who came in as atheists. They came in as definitely unbelievers. And all of a sudden you say, hey, if you would like to surrender your life to Jesus, today's the day to do that. Would you do that? On a very ordinary day, something extraordinary happens and that spouse slowly raises up their hand. They say, yeah, that's me. i want to give my life to Christ. And it's like, I'm sitting up here barely able to contain myself. Because somebody's come to know Jesus, and we've waited years. In fact, everybody, sometimes spouses wait decades to see their spouse come to know the Lord, and I get a front row seat. Are you kidding me? You know how great of a day that is? You know, you know I get to go, oh, oh, I saw that. I saw that guy respond. He's never responded like that before. And then you, you, you talk to him, and I get to talk to him afterwards because I'm friends with him, you know, so hey. I saw you raised your hand. Yeah, pastor, I did. Hey, did, did, did you pray? Did you pray? Yeah, pastor, I, I did. Oh, and I hug them. And most of the time, by the way, especially if they're older guys, they're not huggers. <laughs> but I don't care. As <laughs> I'm a pastor, I can get away with it. You guys can't do it, but I can. And I'll hug them. And you know, every single time so far, they've always hugged me back. That's a great day. That's a great day. An ordinary day that's filled with the extraordinary, all because, New Song, because we decided to live our life on purpose. We decided to get in one place and say, hey, listen, the vision, the goal, the, 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 the purpose for this, for this body of believers is bigger than me. So I'm gonna lay me down in order to be a part of something that's special. Can I tell you something, New Song? God is doing something extremely special here in this church. Can, can I tell you? Yeah, I'm going to say it like this, and I normally don't say these things because, to tell you the truth, it doesn't do me any good. But I, I want to tell you something. Across the state of Indiana, people are talking about New Song Church because we're experiencing something here at New Song that literally 85% of the churches here in the state of Indiana are not experiencing. I know of churches that run 300 people and they have not baptized one person in the last five years. They're running 300 people and they've not baptized one person in five years. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for what God is doing here at New Song. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. Just glad to be a part of it. So let's write some things down together as we kind of sum this up, and I I knew very well that I was going to just share my heart with you this morning, but I do have some points to give you. This is what God showed me, and again, it's so simple, yet so powerful that God designed families to stick together. He designed families to stick together, and here's why, letter A, because you got to know something. We have one enemy. We have one enemy. The, the, The person sitting next to you is not your enemy. Husbands, put your arms around your wife. Say you're not my enemy. Wives, look at your husband in the eyes. Say you're not my enemy. Now you can snuggle later tonight courtesy of Justin. All right? Listen, your your enemy is not in this room let's read what what Ephesians 2:9 I'm sorry what Ephesians 6:12 says for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies no 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 our enemies are not sitting next to us your enemy is not your boss we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places everybody there are two kingdoms the kingdom of God the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness our enemy is the devil and his demons. That's our enemy. We have one enemy, and we've got to stick together, new song. How many know that families that stick together are stronger? You're stronger when you stick together not only church families but but family families like your family it's stronger when you stick together but when when all of a sudden breakups started happening or breakups start happening and somebody gets mad and somebody walks off all of a sudden the enemy when somebody is out by themselves the enemy does does things that are oftentimes unthinkable because a, a person was left without the love and support and encouragement and accountability of family members like they were on their own and all of a sudden the devil just had their way with them because they didn't have anybody to stand up and fight for them and with them. That's why families are stronger together. That's why we stick together. We have one enemy. We have one enemy. And it's not flesh and blood. No, it's demonic, satanic. Let Letter B, write this down. If we have one enemy, we've got to have one heart. We have one enemy, we have to have one heart. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32, says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. Everybody say everything. They shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles uh, continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. And I know a lot of times we read that portion of Scripture and say, well, that's just talking about stuff. That's just talking about money. I don't think so, everybody. I think this church literally was giving everything they had to one another. I think they were living their life, sacrificing their life for others. They were living their life saying, hey, whatever I have, if it's treasure, that's fine. But you also get my time. If you need my time, I'm gonna give it to you. If you need my talents, I'm gonna give it to you. If you need my wisdom, I'm gonna give it to you. If you need some joy, the joy that I have, I'm gonna share it with you. If if you need some peace, I'm gonna share my peace with you. I'm gonna share my hope with you. Every single thing that I have, I'm gonna share with you because we have one heart. We have one heart. You know, my wife and I, uh, I can honestly say this. My wife and I, we have one heart. We just have one heart. The, the, The times that we disagree are just rare. I mean, just rare. We have one heart. Everything that I have is hers. And everything that she has is mine. Like there's no, well, this is my stuff and that's your stuff. No, it's just ours. We just have one heart. Like, like every night, new song, and I don't mean to sound sappy to you, but I, I love it. I want to brag about it. Every night when my wife and I go to sleep, we always fall asleep holding hands. Like when we go to sleep, we're just always holding hands. Why? Because we're one. We have one heart. We just love each other. Like I, I live my life for my bride and my bride lives her life for me and so all of my needs are met and by the way all of her needs are met and in a church family that should be how it, that that's how it is like when you have something that you can give then give it but some days you're going to be you're going to be in this room and you're going to have a need and somebody's going to be able to meet that need and i don't know what it is but so many times people come in and they have needs and we can just see it on their face Like they they're depressed, they're discouraged, they have a rough week, and so they come in and we just minister to them, we just love them, and they don't have hope, so we share them we share with them ours. You say, no, no, we're one heart. We, I can see something's wrong. What's going on? Hey, let's talk about it. We encourage them and build them up in the faith. Why? Because that's what we do for each other. We're a family, and families stick together. I didn't write these words. I, I wasn't thinking like three weeks ago, oh, man, I can't wait to preach on that because I'm going to tell them how it is. Listen, I, I believe this thing. I, before I ever planted a church, I knew these verses and embraced these verses and loved these verses. Like, so, if, so if you're feeling today like, oh, man, oh, I think he's talking to me. That's, it's not my fault. We're just in the middle of a bookstore series. I didn't write Colossians. You know that, right? I just decided a couple months ago, I'm gonna teach through Colossians. I think God, and that's what it is today. So if you're sitting there saying, I like this, I don't, I don't you know, um I, I used to play a lot of sports, and when the coach would say, hey, Everybody take another lap, and I'm not talking a lap around the the, the, the gymnasium, the basketball court. I'm talking about around the entire football field. Everybody, take a lap. Everything within me is like, I don't like you. You know, like you just want to punch the coach, right? Right? And yet, the the people who say I don't want to are the ones that need it the most. Have you ever noticed that? And when you share words like this with the people who's like, oh, oh, pastor, can I tell you if that's how you're feeling today, then you probably need this the most. It's just how that works we have one enemy we need one heart and then see we act with one purpose 1 Corinthians 10 I appeal to you dear brothers and sisters by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other let there be no divisions in the church rather be of one mind united in thought and united in purpose be of one mind united in thought and united in purpose one purpose one Purpose. What is our purpose here at at New Song? It is to perpetuate the gospel of grace, helping people become passionately devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll never attend church here on a Sunday morning in which we don't talk about the grace of God. And you'll never hear us on a Sunday morning without talking about being a devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's what we're passionate about. We're passionate about the grace of God, teaching people the grace of God because if they understood the grace and the mercy of God, surely they would surrender their lives to him if they understood how much God loved them and how much grace he has to offer, surely they would come to their senses by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the way. Not by my power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. They would come to their senses and say, oh God, I need you in my life. So we perpetuate, we keep going the gospel of grace. We keep talking about grace. Let it never be said that you tire of hearing about grace. By the way, that's how you were saved. You were saved by grace. Don't ever get tired of hearing about grace. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, we got to perpetuate it. We got to talk about it all the time. We got to live it out in front of others. And and, and not only that, we got to help people. That's why small groups are so important. That's why so many of you need to sign up as small group leaders to say, hey, listen, I'm just going to help people become passionate, devoted followers of Jesus. Like, I, I have something to share. I, I have a place in my life in which I've grown. Maybe others are dealing with that. Maybe I can help some others grow in their relationship with the Lord in the way that I have. And then you, you just gather for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, doesn't matter. Just get a group of people around you and say, you know what? I, God has done this thing in me, and I, I, I want to show you what he's done. I want to tell you about what he's done, and, and I want you to experience it too. And I just want to love you in the Lord and be your friend. That's why we do small groups around here because small groups, that's where you sit in front of somebody and you take off the mask and say, this is who I really am. And when you do that, somebody else will do that too. You wouldn't believe how many times that a group of guys have met in a circle, eight or ten guys, and one of them will take off the mask and say, I really struggle with lust. Like not just every day, but every hour and I'm sick of it, and I need God's help. And another guy across the room, across the circle, will take off his mask, and he'll say, me too, you're not alone. And then another guy will remove his mask and say, me too. Over and over and over again. You know, when you're, you, when you're sitting next to somebody's shoulder to shoulder, you, you don't, I've told you this before, you don't lean to them and say, Hey, by the way, I know that we just met, but I'm addicted to pornography. Like, nobody does that, right? Nobody does that. You don't, you don't lean over and say, by the way, I've kind of embezzled about $1,000 from my workplace. I just thought somebody ought to know. <laughs> You're like, nobody does that. But, but all of a sudden, when you, see, when you sit each, sit across from one another... And somebody's there saying, hey, no matter what you say, no matter what is going on in your life, I'm still gonna love you and care for you. All of a sudden, somebody will take off the mask and say, yeah, I've got an issue with greed. I've got an issue with lust. I've got an issue with pride. I've got an issue with lying. I've been mistreating my wife. I've been mistreating my children. I live this person like this person at church, but I'm actually this person at work. I'm a hypocrite and they just take off the mask. Small group leaders, that's why we need you. And if you've never taught one, go to guest services, get out a leader's form, sign, sign up. If you say, well, I don't know what to really teach, but I'd like to lead, then, then ask us and we'll, we'll talk to you about it. We'll give you some ideas. We'll see what happens. We got to act with one purpose. I want you to write these things down. We're ending with these things. Number two, as a member of this family, you got to know something. I don't care who you are. Letter A, you belong. Write that down. I belong. I don't care what your past is, you belong here at New Song. I don't care where your journey is with the Lord. If you're mature, or if you haven't even started a relationship with Jesus, can I tell you, you belong. Like, you're meant to be here. And and by the way, if you've called upon the Lord Jesus Christ, God, God has a few things to say to you today. And I'm going to read these out of Ephesians 2.19. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Like, you belong. You belong to this family. You belong to New Song. Romans 12.5 says, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. New Song, can I tell you something? I belong to you. I belong to you. But by the way, you belong to me. I didn't write that verse. And some of you are like, whoa, I don't belong to you. Let let me say it like this, everybody. If If you have that notion, if something inside of you said, man, I don't know if I like the sound of that, odds are you've been abused. Odds are somebody has said that they loved you and ended up hurting you. Odds are somebody has taken advantage of you, but that's not what love does. Real love says, hey, listen, I belong to you. So when you need me, I'm going to try my best to help out. When you need me, I'm going to be there for you because I love you. I'm willing to sacrifice for you. I'm willing to lay down my life for your need. And by the way, when I show up and I'm the one that's hurting, somebody else would look at me and say, hey, no, pastor, I'm there for you. I'm there for you. What's the need? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Because that's what love does. I've taught you this, that love always lives for the benefit of someone else. That's true love. So we belong to each other. You not only belong to the family of God, you belong to this family. And we belong to each other. I live my life to be at your disposal. Because I love Jesus. And because I love you. You're my family. What do families do? We stick together. If you have a need, I'm going to be there for you, and if I can't, I'm going to find somebody else who can. I'm going to help meet that need because families stick together. Everybody's seeing this. Aren't you glad you're part of a family that sticks together? Like when you're when you're here, somebody's waiting to serve you. Think about that. That's amazing. Let her be I, as a member of this family. I share. So not only do you belong, you share. Acts two forty four says, and all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything that they had. Meaning, they shared the time and the talent, the resources, the wisdom, the joy, the hope, the life that they had received. They shared it all, everything, everything that I have. New song. I would say it like this: Everything that I have is yours. Like, like you, you have my time and my resources, my energy and my my talents, any wisdom that I might have, any hope that I might have. I I, I try my best to share that with you. Because that's what we do as a family, we share. We share. I had to apologize to my brother uh, probably a year ago now. My my brother fell upon hard times. And he asked for some help. And he needed some help with his his water bill. But because I I didn't agree with um, some of the financial choices he had made prior to that, I told him, no. So said, no, I'm not, not going to help you. I'm not going to reward you for your poor behavior earlier than, you know, maybe a week earlier, a month earlier, three months earlier. And I, I went to my brother, that, that, that was years ago, years ago. That's probably, my goodness, 10 years ago. And the Lord brought that to my memory about a year ago and i went to my brother and i said i said richard i failed you you asked for help from your brother and your brother said no that's not what a family member does you needed some help and i wounded you that day because that was a day that you felt you could not rely upon me and i'm sorry would you forgive me and my brother of course said yeah yeah and he i mean we hugged it out and he didn't even hardly remember that day, but I did. I did. That, now, I know you probably have thoughts on your own about that. Well, if I give something, I want to make sure I'm a good steward or whatever. I, I, can, can, can I just tell you something? We all, need, we all need to show more grace than we're showing. I don't know how to say that better than that. I've just learned if I'm going to err... I need to err on the side of grace because I'm so grateful that Jesus has shared an immense amount of grace with me. Who am I to withhold grace from somebody else? You see it now? And I just know sometimes I'm not very gracious, but the Lord is teaching me. He's teaching me to show grace. And when you show grace, it doesn't mean that they deserve it. You know that, right? In fact, when God calls you to show grace, it means they don't deserve it. And yet you do it anyway. So I share. As a member of this family, let her see, I do my part. Ephesians 4, 16 says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Do you want new song? New song. Everybody, look up here. Do you want new song to be healthy, and growing, and full of love? Yes or no? Come on, everybody. Mass mass participation here. One hundred percent participation. Do you want new song to be healthy, and growing, and full of love? Yes. Okay. So so look at that again. Look at that again. Ephesians four, as each Part does its own special work; it helps the other parts grow, and the end result of that is health, is growth, and is love. Listen, if you're not doing your part as a member of this family, you have to. But let me say it this way: I'm going to be bold in the statement. If you're not doing your part here at New Song as a member of this family, you are keeping us from being as healthy and as growing and as loving as God wants us to be. You're restricting our health, you're restricting our growth, you're restricting our love. Selah, calm thoughts about that right now. Just pause. And think calmly about that. If you're not doing your part, if you're not doing your part, then we're not the church that God has called us to be. We're not the family that we need to be as of yet. Because each of us has to do our own part. Well, Pastor, I just don't know what my part is. That's why Next Steps is happening right now. Like next week, next week at 1045, go to Next Steps come to the first service, and then hang out afterwards and go to Next Steps at 1045. And we'll we'll teach you what your spiritual gift is. We'll, we'll help you discover what you're passionate about. And at the end of it, we'll say, now, what do you want to do as a member of this family? What do you want to do in this family to make a difference? Like, what do you want to do? We're not going to assign something to you. We're not going to look at you and say, oh, we need you to be involved in. Like, for, for instance, I've said this before, but if we have a need in the nursery, and, 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 and I, call, I call Sister Susie, and I say, hey, Sister Susie, we, we had somebody just back out of nursery, and, and, and we really need somebody to come in and fill it, and Sister Susie, she's first, oh, I hate kids. I hate kids. <laughs> well, if you don't have anybody else, I'll come in and do it. Well, I don't want no Sister Susie in the nursery. How many know what I'm talking about? Kids know if you hate them or not, right? Like, they know that's going to be a bad day for her, and it's going to be a really bad day for those kids. So I don't want Sister Susie in the nursery. How I many you know what I'm talking about? I, I, so if you say, well, Pastor, I'm scared about going through that because somebody's going to put me in the nursery. We won't put you in the nursery. We're going to, let you, we're going to help you find out what you love to do, and we're going to tell you we'll do that for the glory of the Lord. Like, do what you love to do. If you say, man, I am a people person, great. We have loads of opportunities for you to get involved and be a people person. Like, just love on people the moment they get in here. You see what I'm saying? We're going to help you discover what you love to do and then help you to do it for the glory of God. But make no mistake about it, every single one of us has to do our part. How many knows, the pastor, I, I I can't be a teacher a greeter, an usher, a children's worker. I can't make the coffee on Sunday mornings. You wouldn't like it anyway if I did. I can't do all of those things. So what does it take? It takes a family. It takes a family. So find something to do. Find something to do here at New Song and do it for the glory of God and go to next steps if you've not gone. If you've gone through next steps and you're not doing anything. You need to call Pastor Pat this week and say, hey, put me down. And I tell you, I just got an email a couple of days ago from somebody, in fact, right here in this room, who said, you know what? I just need to do something. I just want to be involved. And here's what I like to do. And is do you have any you know, openings for that? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you could just pick from any of those and we'll put you somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, we love those type of things. So email us, call us, let us know. We got to do our part. As a member of this family, letter D, I'm devoted. I'm devoted, Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Yeah, what What's what, what it saying is, in fact, let me read the, the next verse, 1 John 3, 16. We know that what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. That's how, how do we know what real love is? Through sacrifice. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now, let let me say it this way. I am doing my best. I am at my best when I'm serving somebody else. I am at my best. I'm doing my best. The very best thing that I could ever do is to serve somebody else. And by the way, you'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve somebody else. But what what these verses are saying is 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 this: your life is more important than mine. So I have preferences, but my purpose is greater than my preferences. My, um, I I have I might even have some complaints, but the cause is far more important than any of my complaints. Come on, that'll preach right there. If T.D. Jakes said that, you'd be screaming and waving your <laughs> handkerchiefs, and the choir behind me would be jumping up and down, and the organ would be, woo, woo. I well, there. I better not get into that. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm saying... You have to live your life. New song, God is calling all of us to live our lives with this one thought. You're more important than me. That's a hard thing to do. We're like, well, what about me? What about, I got needs too. Your needs will be met. I'm telling you, my wife is more important than me. I live to serve her, and all of her needs are met. If you could ask, if yesterday, Jennifer, are all of your needs met? She'll say, yeah, they're all met. By the way, she lives her life to serve me. So are all of my needs met? Yeah, they're all met. (laughs) We're both incredibly happy, but we're incredibly servant-hearted too. I hope you see it. We try to live that out in front of you because we want to be an example to you. And we do, by the way. And as a member of this family, letter E, I live to honor Jesus. So I belong, I share, I do my part, I'm devoted, and I live to honor. Jesus. Colossians three seventeen. whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Would you close your sermon notes and just uh, hang with me here just for a few more seconds? I live to honor Jesus. There's a, there's a verse in Psalms that says, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name, be the glory. I want every single thing that I say, every single thing that I do, every single thought that I think, I want it to honor Jesus Christ. I want to live. New song, just look at your pastor for a second. I don't know about you, but I have the sense that The vast majority of you are with me. That I want to live my life for the glory of his name. So that means I have to get my eyes off of me. And I have to place my eyes on him. I have to fix my eyes on him. And when I fix my eyes on him, you know what he causes me to do? He causes me to fix my eyes on all of you. As he says, "Hey, there's some. These commandments are really big. In fact, only two that you really need to follow in all of the Bible. If you do these two, it's you're going to get everything else okay. It's all going to be fine if you just love God with all that you have and love everybody else. If if you just love God and you truly love people. By by the way, you could say it this way: love God more than yourself." And love people more than yourself. And you'll live for the glory of his name. I promise you that. And could it be, could it be that if we struggle in this area, we're loving us more than we're loving God or more than we're loving others? Could it it be if sometimes we get our eyes off the purpose and we get our eyes on something else? that we're living for our preferences before we're living for his purposes. You know, I told my staff this a few weeks ago. And and, and this is before, listen, New Song, I'm telling you, this is before I, I ever knew I was going to teach about this today. I, I mean, long before. I, I told my staff about three or four weeks ago now, it was right after I came back from, from the mission trip to Nicaragua. And I called I called the guys together and I just said guys there there is a, I, I said I sense it I don't know how to word it but I sense the spirit of unrest in our church spirit of unrest And we read these verses the the, the, the devil Read, read them last week. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. So it says, be be sober, be vigilant. be sober, be fully alert. Because the devil, he's sneaky, he's sneaky. And I was telling my staff three or four weeks ago, I said, I said, the devil's being sneaky. And, and God has revealed it to me. What, what the devil is trying to do and I literally felt this, and I don't know how you feel about this. If you agree with it, disagree with it, I don't really care. Uh, but I really felt that a spirit of unrest was coming against our church. And I told my staff, "So we got to pray against that. We're going to defeat that. And, and guys, this is the moment for us to stand up as men of faith and live in unity and declare unity." And we're not going to be naive against the schemes of the enemy right now. Every single one of them sensed it as well. Said, yeah, no, we got, we know what you're talking about. We've, we sense it too. Okay, let's pray about that. How many, I believe we're still praying about that, by the way. How, how many agree over the next 21 days you would help us pray against that unrest that would happen in the church? That you'd help us pray for unity. You'd help us pray. And, and you say, well, what's happening? Before? Next to nothing. That's what's that's what's odd it's not like i have 20 people that i'm dealing with like you know hey you calm down hey you shut up hey you get in line it's not it's it's, i'm not having those conversations so i I just if you the more you mature in christ the more he the the bible says that the holy spirit tells you what to pray when you don't know what to pray right the the bible says that the, the, the holy spirit will will tell us he'll give us insight wisdom and knowledge about what's happening behind the scenes and, and it's happening everybody and, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just publicly saying it For, first of all uh, to just expose the schemes of the devil I'm just exposing his schemes and, and I never thought even as of this morning when I was praying about the service I, I shared that with the first service too but before the first service began it wasn't I, I never planned on telling you this and I just thought why not you're my family like there's lots of times that I pulled my family together. Hey, hey guys, uh, we got to pray all together as a family. There's times where my dad will call me and my brother and our wives say, "Hey, I need you to come over to my house. We need to pray together as a family." How I many think it's cool to have a dad like that, right? Woo, man! For your dad to call his boys and say, "Boys, get over here. We got to pray as a family." And I just thought, you know, this is the perfect time to say, "Hey, family, hey family, my new song, family. We got to pray. We got to pray. Don't be naive." Don't, don't, let's not the, let's not let the enemy in. Let's stand together, stand in unity. And let's live for the purpose of God in our lives. Let's live for the benefit of others. Let's think of others more than we think of ourselves. That's what the Bible says to do. When we get together, you're more important than me. So I'm going to give you what I have, my time, my treasure, my talents, I'm going to give you whatever I have, whatever resource I have, it's yours. Because I'm your family and you're mine. And I want you to know, family, I love you. I, I, I'm giving you my life. And I don't mean that for as a pat on the back. I'm just saying, I'm leading the way in this. My wife and I, we're leading the way in this. And this community would be turned upside down. If there is a church, and there is right here at New Song, that's fully devoted to one another in love and devoted to this community to perpetuate the gospel of grace, helping people become passionately devoted followers of Jesus. So let's live for the glory of his name, amen? If you'd like to do that, would you raise your hand really high? Let me see who you are. Keep your hand up. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we're making a commitment this morning to live for the glory of your name. Like the psalmist, Lord, we declare, not to us, O God, but to you. You be the glory, both now and forevermore. Father, I am so sorry for the time that I focused on preferences before purpose, that I I focused on things that would distract me instead of my cause. I'm sorry for the times, Father, that I didn't love the way that you wanted me to love, that I didn't serve the way you wanted me to serve. God, I see today that I was wrong, and I repent of those things. And I want you to know, Father, I'm so grateful. I'm truly so grateful, Lord, that you placed me in such a wonderful family as this. Oh, God, how I love my family. Thank you for them. They're such a gift to me. My church family, Lord, is just more than I could ever ask for. Thank you for all of these family members in this room. And I pray that every single one of us would live our lives, not as lukewarm believers, but live our lives passionately devoted to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That we would live for the glory of your name. Lord, I know you're going to break out in this church. (laughs) And I thank you in advance, Lord. Thank you in advance for helping us reach lost people and hurting people, broken people. Thank you in advance, Lord, for all of the things that you're going to do here at our church. You've done so much, Lord. I'm just astounded by what you've done. But I know it's just the beginning. I'm humbled, Lord, that you would use a guy like me. Who am I, Lord? Who are we that you would use us for the glory of your name? Yet you've called us together as a family to live for your purpose. And we say, thank you, Father. We honor you today. And it's our joy. It's our joy to love you and serve you, to live for your your glory, Lord. And it's our joy to be a part of this family of believers. We are humbled by it. Thank you for the love that you've placed between us. I see it every single Sunday. I thank you. In Jesus' name.
0: As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.